In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among the men, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. So we continue preparing for the austerities of Lent during this preparation time of Septuagesima. And Lent is a time for physical austerities, for penance, for fasting, for chastising the body. And uh, last week, we heard an excellent sermon on that very topic, the importance of serious fasting and penance. Uh, These are powerful helps in uh, getting us to achieve sanctity. But like every powerful thing, we must be careful with it, lest we misuse it and uh, we become worse. So it is not enough to do the right thing. We must do it in the right way, at the right time, for the right reason. And so uh, Holy Mother Church understands this very well. And so here into the second week of preparing for Lent, uh, we are given St. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians in which he upbraids them for being too impressed with external uh, penances to the point that they were listening to false doctrine. Uh, He's referring to the the Judaizers which are going around after St. Paul trying to corrupt uh, the the Christian um, communities he had founded. And so he goes through uh, his list and his qualifications of exterior penances and he says, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they sons of Abraham? So am I. I've been through shipwrecks, fastings, beatings, imprisonment, stone, scourge, hunger, cold, in the sea, a night and a day. I'd say Paul says, don't be impressed by these things. And all throughout, all throughout he's saying this, he says, this is not expedient. I am foolish to say so. This, I, am, I am speaking as one unwise. Uh, the lesson he wants us to learn is that all these things are important. He did this for love of God. He did this to propagate uh, the faith. But if he glories in that, it is foolishness. Foolishness to stop only at the externals. Uh, what does he say is more important? In what does St. Paul glory? He says uh, he, he was given a sting in the flesh, an angel of Satan to buffet him. And St. Paul begs God three times in prayer that this might leave him. And God says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for power is made perfect in infirmity. And so we are told that St. Paul boasts not of his strengths, but of his weaknesses. Why? Because of his obedience. I obeyed God. I preached the, na- uh, the, the, the word to all nations. I went out. I suffered these things. And I begged God for grace. And when he said no, I said, fine. I boast of my infirmity. I'm obedient to God, even in my infirmities. I don't want to suffer this infirmity, but God does. And therefore, I accept it. And so this is sanctity. Sanctity is the pure acceptance of God's will above all things, perfectly and peacefully. And so uh, it is good to make that distinction between the means to holiness and holiness itself. So we will listen here uh, now to Dom Lorenzo Scipoli. Uh, He um, was a a spiritual writer in the 1500s, writing Spiritual Combat is the book. And he describes sanctity thus. Sanctity consists in the entire renunciation of our own will an absolute resignation to all God's divine pleasure. 
It consists in knowing the goodness and greatness of God, our own nothingness and inclination to evil, in loving him and forgetting ourselves, in subjection not only to God, but for love of him to all his creatures, and furthermore, willing and doing all this purely for the glory of God and solely to please him, because he so wills and merits thus to be loved and served, this is the abnegation of self which he requires of us. Thus the spiritual combat. Uh, So we see fasting and penance are necessary because intemperance and pleasures of the flesh are so often the reason we are not able to submit ourselves to God. We cannot perfectly accomplish his will because of our our gluttony, our lusts, our, our desire for pleasure, our desire for comfort, the fear of discomfort. All these things prevent us from perfect submission to God. And thus we must take great pains to overcome the flesh. But if we are not careful, we can end up making fasting and penances an end in themselves and then missing the whole purpose. St. John of the Cross warns us of this and he says, The ignorance of some is extremely lamentable. They burden themselves with extraordinary penances and many other exercises, thinking that these are sufficient to attain union with divine wisdom. But such practices are insufficient if these souls do not diligently strive to deny their appetites. Now an appetite of what St. John speaks is any disordered desire, Uh, not just a physical desire, but pride, stubbornness, avarice, vanity, the desires of the mind and the will. These are also appetites and these must be mortified. Alphonsus Liguri says, There are some religious who perform a great many exercises of devotion, long meditations, fasting, and other corporal austerities, but make no effort to overcome certain little passions, certain resentments, aversions, curiosity, and dangerous affections. They will not submit to any contradiction, nor subject their will to the commands of their superiors, or to the holy will of God. What progress can they make in perfection, Unhappy souls, they will be forever imperfect. And thus, St. Alphonsus. So we see that in order to be truly effective, exterior penance must be accompanied by interior penance, the the repressing of the disordered affections of the mind and the heart. So an excellent description of this interior mortification is found in the book Devotion to the Sacred Heart. This is by Father John Crisset. He writes, Not everyone can fast and wear a hair shirt, but there is no one who cannot be silent when passion prompts him to reply or vanity to speak. The desire to learn news or to know what is going on or what is being said can be the subject of continual mortification, which is as meritorious as it is ordinary. If they are interrupted a hundred times in a serious employment, they will reply a hundred times with as much sweetness and civility as if they had not been busy. Interior mortification is always a certain mark of true piety, and it is more necessary than exterior mortification. The ill humor of a person with whom we have to live, the imperfections of a friend, the ingratitude of others, can give great opportunity for patience. The inconveniences we suffer may be small, but the mortification on these occasions is not small. Great graces and even sublime sanctity 
usually depend on the generosity with which we mortify ourselves constantly on these little occasions. And thus the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Now we must, not, uh, we must take heed not to think that penance and fasting are therefore unnecessary. <clears throat> Alphonsus Liguri addresses this very idea. He says, some will say that since perfection does not consist in the mortification of the body, but rather in the abnegation of the will, therefore it is not necessary to mortify the body. To them I answer, the fruit of a vineyard does not consist in the hedge surrounding it. This is true. But take away the hedge and you will find no fruit. St. John of the Cross says, He who preaches loose doctrine regarding mortification of the flesh should not be believed, even though his preaching be confirmed by miracles. So we must be doing both. We must be doing both interior and exterior penances. This is our route to sanctity. The difference is these interior mortifications, of which uh, I've just spoken, that should be practiced year-round. That's the the, the most direct path to sanctity. In fact, we would say that's what sanctity is, is perfect conformity to the will of God. The will of God does not consist in me being irritated with other people or me losing my patience or me being frustrated. God does not will those things. And so when I'm tempted to give in to those feelings in the various circumstances of life, God's perfect will is be at peace, accept it, relax. When Lent comes around, however, even if we have perfect interior uh, control, we are to do penance and fasting, either to get ourselves strong or to keep ourselves strong spiritually. So Lent is always going to be a time for exterior penance. Uh, But we we must not neglect that interior penance. We can't say that because I'm doing these external uh, austerities, therefore, now I can be rude to other people. Right, that's never, never permissible. That's, that's inverting the order. Um, and we would have to remember, too, we must keep in mind that the Catholic Church uh, did not invent penance and fasting. Like Every religion and every, every peoples from the beginning of time have recognized the spiritual nature of penance and fasting. Uh, even today, Muslims uh, practice uh, a, a strict fast during Ramadan. Uh, they, they, uh, from sunup to sundown, they don't eat or drink anything, not even water. Uh, and they're willing to do that for a false, uh, in a false religion, for a false god. Same thing with um, uh, Eastern religions, the Eastern mystics. Uh, they will practice uh, frightful penances. Uh, but what can we do? They don't even have sanctifying grace. And they're doing that for their false gods, and we do so little for the true God. We have sanctifying grace, and we're not doing even half that. So that, that is kind of a source of shame on us, on the one hand, uh, but also it lets us know that fasting and penance do not equal sanctity, right? Even the pagans, with no grace, no sanctifying grace, they're able to be very disciplined. They're able to fast and do penance. That lets us know that uh, just because we can do fasting and penance doesn't mean it proceeds from sanctity. We just might have a, a strong willpower. So if we want penance and fasting to be meritorious, it must proceed from grace, from the right desire and the right intention is for God and not for vanity or something else. Uh, So some cautions, right? And that's why the church has always granted dispensations throughout history 
for uh, people engaged in hard labor or for uh, the aged or the very young or for like nursing women. There has always been uh, um, uh, exemptions for people who, who physically couldn't do these things. Uh, but there are other reasons why doing uh, like harder penances might not be a good idea, might not be prudent. Uh, so that would be if it injures your health, right? If your health is actually injured by it, it wouldn't be prudent. Um, and a headache from not drinking coffee is not an injury, right? That doesn't count. That's discomfort. It's got to actually be bad for you. Um, if it interferes with the duties of your state in life, your job performance or your attention or your focus, uh, one thing we were told at seminary was not to do strict fasting because we, had, we needed energy to study. So that would, that would be a reason why you wouldn't want to do this if it interfered with what you were already supposed to do. Uh, if it causes you to become depressed, dejected, or scrupulous, those will never help advance you to the kingdom of God. So if, if you're trying to get closer to God and that's causing you to get further away from God, then stop doing it, right? Uh, practice that interior mortification instead. Uh, or if uh, fasting and penance causes you to become proud, condescending, or judgmental, that again would be uh, um, uh, taking you further away from God. Uh, and in fact, on that last point, that is what, that is what the saints have been warning us about, uh, is it takes, it takes great willpower to submit the body to the mind, but that doesn't do us any good if the mind is not itself submitted to God. Right? We just end up becoming, we become proud, <clears throat> and we trade sanctity for the means to sanctity. We, we invert the order, as we said. Uh, so in the book, we find, um, again, spiritual combat. There is a good description of... Uh, what happens to a person if they forget interior mortification and only do exterior. And so these are some signs, right, uh, that we can tell uh, we, we, we've, we've, we haven't done it for the right, um, the right reason or the right end or to the right degree. Uh, so Dom Lorenzo Scopoli says, uh, the life and conversation of such persons prove the depth <clears throat> of the delusion in which they are held and their great distance from perfection. For in all things great and small, they desire to be preferred and placed above others. They are wedded to their own opinion and obstinate in their own will. They are blind to their own faults, but busy and diligent observers and critics of the deeds and words of others. But touch with a finger their points of honor, a certain vain estimation in which they hold themselves and would have others hold them, and they are disturbed and offended beyond measure." For they refuse to resign themselves to the will of God, to acquiesce to his righteous judgments in all events, neither will they abase themselves below all creatures, accounting their persecutors as friends and instruments of God's goodness, cooperators with him in their sanctification. Thus, again, a spiritual combat. So, more rigorous penance and fasting is good and necessary, but secondary to actual holiness and must also be accompanied by interior mortification. So if we find in preparing ourselves for Lent that we want to do more penance but are unable to do so because of weakness or state of life, or if we find that we are so interiorly undisciplined, uh, then it would perhaps be better to accept the crosses presented to us in daily life first, without complaint, with peace of soul. Endure those frustrations and setbacks in a spirit of peace and resignation. Submitting ourselves to the will of God 
uh, means accepting whatever's happening to me right now. What does God want me to do? Deal with reality. If I can't change it, that's God's will. I accept it well and peacefully. So such things, right? Headaches, illnesses, family problems, work problems, car trouble, financial trouble, a long and boring sermon. These are the best penances that we can do. We are disposing ourselves to do those harder penances later on. Uh, We should want, and and we should want, this is the important thing. If we have no desire to do penance at all, if we just like, I want to get penance over with, I don't want to be good at penance, that's not a good attitude. Uh, Go back to St. Paul at the beginning. Uh, Shipwrecks, colds, fasting, wilderness, perils in the city, perils everywhere, uh, beatings, stripes. If he was afraid of penance, he couldn't have done any of that. If we're afraid of hardship, if we're afraid of physical suffering, we won't be able to do anything for the kingdom of God. Because when hardship and suffering comes, which our Lord has promised us would come, we're going to yield. We're going to be weak. And so this is the time for Lent, is is to make that resolve, I want to be strong. I want to be able to, to subject my body to fastings and abstinence and penances so that I can be a useful servant for God, whatever he wants me to do. That should be our desire. And so those, you know, maybe there are those people who are sweet and agreeable and they're kind and they have this, it seems like interior mortification, but if they have no desire for penance and they can't suffer, then that sweetness is not from grace. That's just from a natural ability Uh, because sanctity and holiness will always involve both patience and kindness and calmness and the ability to suffer well and the desire for it. So let us ask uh, for the intercession of St. Paul uh, to endure our penances, uh, to love God even as he did, and to remember, right, our goal of Lent is to do fasting and penance, and the goal of fasting and penance is to dispose us to obey God promptly, willingly, and perfectly. Uh, Ultimate proof of our love of God is submission to uh, the submission of our will to his will in all things, even in infirmity. So let us not glory in our external penances, but in our internal obedience. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.